Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus, and as you may or may not know, this is my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And when I say here, I just mean you're listening to it on a device somewhere. Maybe you're doing something interesting like multitasking while you work. Maybe you're cooking. Maybe you're in a park. Maybe you're robbing a bank. I'm so glad to be together with you on whatever crime you're committing at this moment. Now, we got a lot of things to cover. But first, I wanted to start with our sponsor. Somebody on Simchas gave me a blessing that this is the year that I should have real advertisers on my show. And let us all say, Amen. So, uh, thank you, Adidas, for sponsoring this week's episode. And here is the ad read. Hello, I am an unnamed spokesperson at Adidas. We are so sorry about Kanye West. We at Adidas denounce any form of hatred and anti-Semitism. At the same time, Kanye and his Yeezys are really terrific for our business, top line and bottom line. As Jews, you guys are good, people, good, good business people too. So you get what we're saying. So we here at Adidas want to give every Jew a free pair of Yeezys. It's left over from last year's collection, but the sneakers themselves are brand spanking you. Yes, Kanye's comments were insensitive and hateful, but these Yeezys we're giving you run between $200 to $300 per pair. Come on, these shoes are super comfy and popular. Jewish people, it's a great deal. A freebie. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what the Jews are thinking. Oh, well, we have to pay for shipping now? Well, guess what? For those of you who are really offended and triggered, we're going to throw in free shipping. You want a free pair of Yeezys with free shipping? You got it. Here's a pair of Yeezys for Jew and a pair of Yeezys for Jew. Jew get a pair. Jew get a pair. To redeem your free pair of Yeezys as reparations, visit adidas.com forward slash Jewmedia. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, let's dive right into the show. So first of all, we just concluded the holiday of Sukkah. Now, there are some contemporary rabbis, not all of them, so there isn't a consensus, which is shocking that there isn't a consensus among the rabbis, but there are many rabbis who say that to do the mitzvah behidr, which is the most meticulous way to do it. Uh, a husband and wife should go into the sukkah every day and get into an argument and fight. Uh, and that is because the, the way to do the mitzvah of sukkah is the things that you do in your house on a regular basis, you take that and during the time of sukkahs, you do that in the sukkah. Now, uh, just so you know, uh, I wanted to talk about a different topic now, but it's also related to sukkahs and holidays. And that is, I, Shmuel Tenenhaus, of the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast, have 99 problems, and Yom Tif Trash is one of them. Now, if you're from, you know what I'm talking about, Yom Tif Trash. This is your regular trash that you're having an output of, but just 
multiply that by about 50 or 60. So while everybody on the block has a very neat and well-manicured little garbage can, you as the Jew, the from one on the block, have more garbage in front of your house, almost your house is covered, and you have to basically unshovel your vehicles like a snowstorm from amongst all the umptive garbage that you're taking out of your house. And depending where you live, sometimes garbage day, garbage could be once a week, twice a week, it's still not gonna cut your yumptive trash. One time, I was taking out my yumptive trash uh, to the street, and a very nice wasp neighbor came over to me and said, hey sir, uh, just an FYI, bulk garbage collection isn't for another three weeks. Poor guy, and I'm thinking to myself, this is not bulk pickup. You, you wait until we get the bulk pickup. I'm gonna have this whole block covered. This is just yumptive trash. Now, uh, I've done a lot of thinking about this because this is what I do on my free time. I go to the beach and I'll think about yumptive trash. There are three major components and culprits for yumptive trash. The first thing for yumptive trash is Amazon boxes. Let's be honest here. Just because it's yumptive doesn't mean those Amazon boxes are gonna stop coming. In fact, they have to increase because yumptive is coming and we need to buy more stuff. Kids need things to do during Cholomite, before Cholomite, before yumptive. You need batteries, a flashlight, and there, there are things that we need. So the first thing is, that is a perpetual, but it increases during yumptif, Amazon boxes. Number two, paper cutlery. That is because you're doing a two-day yumptif, sometimes a three-day yumptif. Um, and uh, there are some people who do four-day yumptifs just because they're crazy. They just want to add a fourth day. So you basically can't use your dishwasher, so you have now paper cutlery. Paper cutlery. That's the second thing. The third thing that contributes to yumptif trash is uh, seltzer cans. So now if you are... a a fine schmecker, then like myself, you're drinking only LaCroix or LaCroix, depending on how you pronounce it. And the reason why you have this at your table is because, let's be honest, you're eating a lot of meals, a lot of food is coming to the table. To be able to get to the next course, whether it's an intercourse or an course, what you need to do is from deep inside, you need to summon a greps. And that is facilitated by having some form of seltzer can or cans on your table. Now, there is a concept of a soda stream where you can get these bottles that look like you live in the 1500s and have a machine that blows bubbles into your you know, soda stream bottles. But the thing is, is that it's just not as enjoyable consuming bubbly water knowing that your consumption and the greps, which is at the end goal of all of this, is not contributing to landfill. Like, you wanna be at your yumptive table knowing that, hey, this can that I'm now consuming is gonna be buried somewhere in the ground because umala aretz, you have to fill the land and that is what we're gonna do with landfill. A quick story, in Seattle, where I used to live, uh, even during the year, uh, we had, I, there, there are trash issues because in Seattle, if your garbage lid was not completely shut we would get an additional uh, charge or fee on top of the garbage fee. And uh, I know somebody who may or may not listen to this podcast, and he would, on a regular basis, have his kids jump in his garbage uh, so that he could compact and compound the trash so he would not get a levy uh, given to him. So 
we're going to move on. So in this podcast, you know, on, on rare occasions, I've mentioned, and this is a very serious topic, on, 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 uh, on a few occasions, very rare, I've mentioned or I've alluded to uh, physical imp- intimacy between a husband and wife. But the question is, why is it not a more common discussed about topic on the Shmuel Tenenos podcast? And the answer is because I look at my audience uh, demographics and I can see on Spotify that it is mainly from people because er- every one of my listeners listens to Shweki and Avram Fried um, and Ishai Rebo and a couple of others uh, of that genre. And so I would assume that they're free. Uh, not free, sorry. I would assume that they're Jewish. Uh, I don't know. That was a Freudian slip. And then uh, the other thing is, is that there will be ages of 35 to 45. So you basically have from couples, uh, for the most part, from people between the ages of 35 to 45. So that's the reason why I don't talk about int- intimacy, because I want to talk about things that are currently relevant to your life, like things that you're actually still doing. Like this show is not a throwback to things you did 20, 30 years ago. Like, I want to talk about current affairs, things that you even remember how they work. Like, I don't get on the show and go, hey, what's the deal with typewriters? You put, you know, you load a paper inside and there's that ink bar and and you're just typing away. Uh, I don't talk about stencil copiers. I don't be like, hey, what's, what's with all these VHS tapes that are crowding me in my helm, and now I'm all claustrophobic. And then I got to rewind them, and sometimes, you know, I got to uh, return them to the video store. And I'll be like, hey, this is Shmuel Tenenos from the Shmuel Tenenos podcast. I hate traveling across the world with my family on a, on a ship, and it takes us six months and there are sailors and prisoners on the bottom because that is, that's not relevant. That, that, that would be a history podcast. And so this ties back to what I was saying before, why for the, my current audience, uh, you know, physical intimacy is, is just not a, a current uh, topic. Okay. Uh, I wanted to just add uh, a YKYF moment that is you know you're from uh, or if you spell no with an N a Y-N-Y-F moment and that is yeah here's a, a moment where you know you're from you know you're from when so if you're loading your kids into a minivan and you turn to your spouse and you say okay honey what are we going to do today on Cholomoyed then you know you're from because you have the minivan you got the kids in the back. You're observing Cholamoid. That That's just a from. There's nobody else. If, if you're not from, that is not something that you do. One thing I want to say about Cholamoid is I'm in my 40s right now. I'm actually 42. I just got a big reveal here on the podcast. And I know some of you guys thought I was 47 or 48. No, spry 42. And uh, I don't care if you had a better Cholamai than I did. I'm 42. Like when I was eight or 11, those two ages, I cared. But like, I don't care that on the second day Cholamai, you and your family went bungee jumping without a cord. I think that's dangerous. 
but I'm not impressed. Also, I really don't care about what you did Cholomite. The other thing I don't care about or I don't care for is a few times, this has happened to me in the last month, that I told something or messaged something to somebody over text and they resp responded back to me, perf. P-E-R-F. What the heck is perf? I mean, it sounds like it's a creepy person that works in your school. He's such a perf. Perfect is such a perfect word. Please do not take it away from us. There's not a lot of things that we have going for us right now. But things, we have perfect, not perf. Please, don't be a perf. Just be a regular person to me. Okay, the next thing we're going to talk about here is I want to talk about, uh, get into a little domestic politics right now. And we're going to talk about the great Biden pivot and strategy, which I actually love. So as you're aware, right now, the economy is going through a little of a rough time. We're going through what economists would refer to as a, <coughs> a session. If we're going through right now, the economy is assessing a little. It's not quite a recession because you could get in trouble with the law if you say uh, the R word, because again, we're not going through an actual recession. Okay, somebody just knocked on our door. I'm gonna, not going to mention that word again for my safety. But the economy is, is shrinking, let's say. There's a little shrinkage going on. Now, we know during COVID, which was a lot of, of medical-related stuff, the economy was booming. And there were vaccines and the health companies and the pharmaceuticals. And so here's what's going on. Here's what uh, the uh, team Biden has uh, planned. So a couple weeks ago, you may have seen the Biden administration pardon a couple thousand people with marijuana-related offenses. My family thanks you, President Biden. Thank you. Uh, so you have that going on. So the next step that President Biden uh, administration will do is, I believe, he will legalize marijuana nationwide because it's good for the economy, creates jobs, keeps gets people to calm the F down about what's going on, and there's a lot of tax revenue, which is good for the states. And I know this because I used to live in Washington state. There was a 37% excise tax on retail sales of marijuana. But that, people could have guessed that. You don't need my podcast to tell you that Biden is going to legalize marijuana countrywide. One, to win votes. And two, to create jobs. And it is an overall boost for the economy and lowers everybody's anxiety right now, which is what we need. But Biden is taking a step further. He's actually going to mandate marijuana consumption. And I'm actually looking forward to it because constantly scrambling and trying to call people and see who's got papers and rolling papers, who's got a lighter, is a lot of work. So uh, it's either going to be in the form of, I'm not sure, my sources tell me it's going to either be in the form of a vaccine, a marijuana vaccine. They'll just go to uh, a lot of parks there. And uh, it's only going to be for 18 uh, and older. Uh, Moderna is working on... Uh, some sort of marijuana gummies for younger kids that they can take to. And uh, I think this is going to be a great thing. This also, uh, this idea of mandated marijuana 
uh, for all citizens 18 plus, and even if you want to get into certain places, you're going to have to have a, a marijuana card. Your eyes are going to have to, to be red, and you're going to have to come uh, with the munchies so they can confirm that you actually consume marijuana that day. So uh, this also explains why sometimes Biden seems very forgetful. And people are like, oh, he's old or he has dementia. Yes, of course, obviously all those things. But even people that are, have dementia don't have it that bad. So what's going on here? The answer is, again, Biden is just high from weed and good for him. He can't remember stuff. He's biting people's fingers. He's sniffing people's hair. He, again, so he's, he's, he's stripping on stairs. These are all things that people do when they are stoned. So kudos to Biden, who I'm actually warming to, and I love his plan. Okay, now let's talk about Five Below. It's like a dollar store, but uh, you know, pay you know, a couple a couple dollars above that. Big part of our our lives right now. So when it comes time to pay, uh, sometimes they will ask, or always they ask a survey. You know, how did we do? How did you find the selection? But there's a survey that I get a lot. A question is, when you came into our store. Were you greeted with a hello and welcome to Five Below? And sadly to say, the last couple of times that I filled out that survey, and you either do yes or no, the last couple of times I had to fill out the survey, I did no. Because in fact, I was not greeted with a welcome to Five Below. Now, when that happens to me, I always remember, wait a second, I just pressed no, there was a welcome to five below opportunity waiting for me and some person in the store is not following protocol and now I had to miss out on that. Things are so expensive these days. Everything costs so much money. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go back out of the store, come back in, make sure somebody notices me. I'm going to make eye contact with the cashier just so I get my welcome hello to Five Below. Thank you very much. Now, uh, very big into excuses, but this is actually a legitimate excuse. I've been running late to a lot of meetings and appointments lately, and don't think it's because I'm not punctual. It's simply because I was just behind because I got stuck at the... Bitcoin ATM. There's just a long line, or it's out of paper, or they're running sort of some sort of promotion. And they have Bitcoin ATMs, I'm not making this up, which is yet another clear proof that Bitcoin and crypto is real. Because you do not have an ATM if you're not legit. ATM is too legit to quit. So there's a Bitcoin ATM. Now, when I go to the Bitcoin ATM, I'll be like, hey, I'm, hey, hey, everybody, I'm going to the Bitcoin ATM. You guys want me to pick up any crypto for you? Do you have any crypto sitting around in your house, in your drawer? You just want me to deposit that into the Bitcoin ATM? Because again, it's nice that people live hectic lives, but when you do know somebody going out to the supermarket, you say, hey, can you pick up a, a pack of turkey for me? So when somebody is going to the Bitcoin ATM, you say, hey, can you deposit a little Ethereum and, and take out some Dogecoin for me at the same time? Because you might as well do 
two uh, crypto transactions at the same time. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about what turns me on as a human being and also romantically and in a friendship type of way. Now, I am happily married, so obviously this wouldn't work for a romantic relationship, but it's just one of these things that I want to overshare. And also, again, it's not just in a romantic sense. It also just means, how do I get excited? How do you excite me? How do you get my interest peaked and want me to develop a relationship with you and, and deepen our relationship? Simply, all you got to do is talk cheap to me. Meaning, if my spouse tells me, hey, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to run to the store. They're having a, a buy one, get one. I'm feeling a little more affection towards her at that moment. If I see you with the scissors and you'd be like, hey, let's sit down together. Let's, let's clip some coupons. I love you right now. And I want to do stuff with you and your family. Let's go on your boat on Sunday. We can clip coupons on your boat. Like if they have for fuel for boats, which is really expensive, you, 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 can, you can clip a coupon. Other things like if my wife says, hey, baby, you, hey, babe, you mind watching the kids while I call the credit card to dispute a charge? Like my heart is on fire right there. You're going to dispute a credit card charge right now for an expense that we incurred? I love you. I love you. And I want to get, I want to renew our vows. Another thing, you tell me I got a, a car full of Amazon returns I'm taking back to the store so I can return them. Now pretty much every store in the world can take Amazon returns. The mall, Starbucks, Whole Foods. You, just, you could just drive down the highway and throw your Amazon box out of the window and that is a, just have a return slip on it. And the highway patrol will pick it up. They're working now for Amazon. So when somebody tells me, hey, they're going to do some returns also, you know, I love it. Now, next thing I want to talk about is when people borrow your car and they leave garbage inside of your car. Not yumptive trash. This is their own personal trash. Because again, yumptive trash goes into the big mound outside of your house. Now, I had somebody recently borrow my vehicle and leave trash. But it wasn't just any type of trash. It was entitled trash. They were leaving Amazon cups. Not Amazon, sorry. They were leaving Starbucks cups, large ones. And not just black coffee like I drink. But these were expensive drinks because I can tell because they were transparent, they were plastic cups. So they're getting some sort of mix, sometimes just to rub it in my face. Again, that sense of Starbucks privilege. They'll even leave over like a third of it in my car. But that's not the best part. The best part is, if I want to go back to them and, and sue them for leaving trash in my car, I don't have to take it to a fingerprint expert. I don't even need that because their name 
is on the cup, Rachel. I know who left this cup. I have your Starbucks loyalty information on the cup. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't just one. It was two and three and four. And as those numbers go up, what starts to get a little concerning is that just based on the value of the vehicle that I'm driving, a couple more Starbucks drinks is more expensive than the vehicle I'm currently driving. So when I'm driving, you know, I'm kind of feeling in my car second tier because there's a much bigger VIP sitting next to me in the car. In fact, I'm thinking about speaking to the car company and seeing when the airbag deploys, it should first go to protect these expensive drinks, then the rest of the people in my vehicle. Now, I want to share a, in, in the spirit of, of cleansing, I wanted to share an old story of uh, an incident that occurred with a vape pen. So somebody, could be yours truly, one time took a couple of hits from a vape pen. And this person, could be me or not, was so blitzed, they were tempted to call Hatzalah and say, it's an emergency, please come here as fast as you can and bring a hot knesh. Because one, Yom Tif started a few minutes later, and Hatzalah is there to rescue people, and they have the sirens and the capacity, and I'm not saying, hey, if you have other calls, please drop them and tend to the hot knish request. But the munchies are coming on in full force. And hot knish is something that I think I would love. Plus, I gave away who, who it was, who uh, the protagonist was in the story. But also, I was at the Hatzala dinner, and my wife and I made sure to give the 180 or the 360 admission fee. Uh, no other donation, but that 360 should get a knish. I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying every once in a while. Then I want to continue to talk about unhealthy habits and how sometimes what people will judge me or you for doing something unhealthy there's actually a whole different side to the story that if people weren't so judgy, they'd understand. Let me break this down to you. The other night I'm in my kitchen and I'm foraging around for food, like a raccoon, literally. And I recall that in my freezer, there is a dessert. It's, it's aging at this point. And it is a chocolate peanut butter cake scenario. Now, if you put chocolate and peanut butter together, I'm going to eat it. That's just the situation. If it's in the freezer, I'm definitely going to eat it if it's chocolate and peanut butter. So I take this out of the freezer very quickly because I'm efficient with time. And I proceed to wolf down large chunks barehanded because, you know, I don't want to 
create more trash and global warming. I'm just eating it straight out of the pan. Now, somebody who's judgmental will look at that and say, this adult is behaving like a pig by the way that he's eating, and it's irresponsible, and he's clogging his arteries. Now, what they don't understand is that a couple of years ago, not too long ago, there was raging COVID and people were dying. Now, one of the symptoms is people lost their taste, their sense of taste. What I do from time to time is I will eat a lot of sweets just to make sure I don't have COVID. I want to make sure that my sense of taste is still working. So to an innocent bystander, it looks like I have a eating disorder. But really, this is a COVID precaution. Now, you can be like, yeah, well, if you were trying to make sure that you still had your, your sense of taste, then why are you eating something sweet? Have an apple or, or a banana. Well, it's very obvious. Those things are very bland. I don't think I taste them anyways, with or without COVID. I need something sweet to make sure it really, really registers with my sense of taste. Now, another thing, another example. There are people, obviously not me, who after a long day will sit down, take off their shoes and socks, and it's not visible to the, to the naked eye, but they will take a whiff out of their socks, like tiny, like, like even from a foot away. And again, people are like, that is disgusting. That is the, the, that is the sickest thing I ever heard in my whole life. And again, very judgmental. Another side effect from COVID, loss of smell. How does one, at the end of the day, make sure that all systems are functioning? All systems are a go. Very simple. Take a whiff of those, those socks as they're coming off right before you throw them into the, into the laundry hamper or the basket. I'm sorry for saying hamper. That was a little stodgy, that hoity-toity for me. You just, or throw it on the floor, okay? Or put them in your drawer for tomorrow. But I'm saying in, in one smooth motion, it's passing the nostrils for, again. But again, what that really is is COVID protocol. I do want to, in a uh, tangential uh, incident, share that one time I was going to town on a bag of these chocolate balls, vanilla chocolate and dark chocolate. And again, anything that's vanilla chocolate, again, yeah, had me at hello. And I'm, I'm pounding f fistfuls down my mouth and I'm like, hey, this is not healthy. You got to stop, right? My, my sense of taste, I confirmed my sense of taste was working. But then I noticed as I'm chewing them uh, every once in a while, because I'm just trying to swallow them straight up, that those were chocolate covered raisins. So I think to myself, wait a second, raisins? Raisins are fruit. Fruits are healthy. Fruits have fiber in them. They're good for your digestive system. And so what I did was, to stay healthy, I ate one more handful just to make sure that I was consuming enough fruit during the day and that my, my body 
was also consuming enough fiber for uh, what it what what it's what what it needs. Now, I wanted to share a couple more things. Number one, we have a child who Baruch Hashem just got braces installed. Now, installed is a big word, but uh, it's a big deal. And uh, I realized that the word braces is that. Uh, why braces is because when you have a child getting braces, you now have to brace yourself for a whole new cost of living. I personally waited to get braces until I was in my 20s because I grew up on shluchas. And why should my parents have to pay for it? I just didn't smile until I was in my 20s. I've been smiling ever since. It's been great. If you look at pictures of me earlier, I wasn't smiling. I wasn't upset, just waiting for the right time to get braces. I don't know why kids today uh, don't do the same. Now, I wanted to end off with a couple of things. Number one, uh, I'm wondering if in your household there exists a huge contrast with the spouses in terms of bedtime routine. In my house, it takes my wife to put everybody to sleep about 10 minutes, maybe 11. When I have bedtime duty, it takes me about six to nine hours. And sometimes they're still up. They're, up, they're just awake until the next morning because they want a story and another story and a tuck-in and a, a, a heating pad and Tylenol and they're coming out and they can't sleep and we need more melatonin and it just seems to be that there's one spouse who's really on it, like a colonel, and then the other one is a night activity director. And the kids really sense that. By the way, I should mention my friend Ellie, in the name of his brother-in-law, says that putting kids to bed at night is referred to as full contact bedtime. There's definitely uh, tackling and grabbing and... Um, Checking, that would be more of a hockey thing, but you really got to make sure that they are staying in the room. One hack I want to share is when my children come out of the room after they're supposed to, for the umpteenth time, I have a, a policy, and that is I take a tax, and the taxes they have to come and give me a hug. And that is a great way that I can embrace them and love them as they come out of the room, and my children know that as well. And so that is a way of taking... Sometimes what can be seen as a, a stressful situation where you just want to put everybody to sleep and, and go do your own thing and uh, turning into fun. Again, there is a hug tax because the kid, typically the kids never want to give you a hug, but since they're out of their bed anyways, that's just the law. The law is they have to give you a hug. Uh, and now I want to talk about a marriage hack. For you. So if you have a awful marriage, sorry to hear that, and you also decide, hey, we don't need to spend money on, ter uh, on therapy. We don't need to address it. We're just going to be miserable for the next 30 or 40 years, just like your parents and your parents' parents and your parents' parents' parents, all the way back to Adam and Chava. 
Now, therapy is one way, but it takes time, commitment, money. You have to be willing to change. So here's a hack. If you're going through a rough patch in your marriage, what you want to do is you want to invite over friends who are couples who have an even worse relationship than you and your wife. Like you want to invite the most toxic couple over to your home. People are literally ripping their eyes out of each other and have no shame to do it. Because it's not going to make your marriage any better. But in contrast, side by side, you guys will feel a little bit better about yourselves as they're fighting. And you guys could like wink at each other and be like, hey, our marriage relative to these two animals is actually not that bad. By the way, when I, ever, when I see typically a wife yelling at a husband in a parking lot, uh, which has to happen from time to time because men need to be told in a parking lot what's, what's right and what's wrong, I often feel like, hey, there's a whole argument going on here. I wasn't here for the beginning of this. I don't know the history. And I, I just want to stop them sometimes and be like, hey, listen, I'm just shopping here, but I find this way more interesting than the groceries I have to do. If you could just give me a recap, each of you, for one minute what's going on, and I won't mix in after that. I just want to have a little more context of what's going on. Now, I want to conclude this podcast by saying something could be even a little serious, and that is some of you are very triggered by this whole Kanye West thing. Well, first of all, like we mentioned in the beginning, you get your free pair of sneakers from Yeezy, so don't forget about that. The second thing is, is if you're reading the news and you're getting triggered again and again and following everything about this incident, don't follow the news. If that's literally what's triggering you, find something else to do with your time. The news operates based on triggering people. So you can come back again and they can serve you more ads. It's all a game of eyeballs. That is just the way it works. Now, sometimes when there are anti-Semitic incidents reported, and they are many, I try to reflect on the fact that yes, while there is anti-Semitism, one, we as Jewish people have now the luxury of indoor plumbing and we have air conditioners. Now, our ancestors, they had anti-Semitism, but they had to go to the bathroom in the woods. Imagine how miserable that would be. And so the idea is we actually won because we've been around for thousands of years and we've made it this far, indoor plumbing. My friend has a bidet. Multiple of my friends actually have a bidet. A Shabbos bidet too. So that's just a good thing to keep in mind. Now, I did also want to mention on a one deeper note uh, is a, something from actually Tanya a few days ago. And I will try to read you the quote. And if you are getting super triggered by the fact that I am reading something from learning or Tara, I'll catch you next week. It is the story of a person by Shimi who was cursing David Melech. And David Melech said, we, can't, we shouldn't do anything to this person. God 
is the one who made this person curse. I'm going to read it to you. It was Tanya from a few days ago. This is from Chabad.org. At any rate, it is thus clear that the victim has no cause to be angry with the offender, for the true cause of the offense was not him, but a heavenly decree. The Alter Rebbe now takes this one step further. Not only does the heavenly decree give the offender an undefined potential to do harm, but moreover, the particular thought to do it and the power to do it all come about from God. At the same time, since man has freedom of choice, he can, of course, choose to reject such a thought and refrain from doing such a deed. Anger, thus, remains unjustifiable. For the offended party is not angry that the other party made an evil choice. What angers him is the damage done to him. His anger, thus, results from his lack of belief that the true cause for his mishap is not a particular individual's evil choice, but a heavenly decree. How apropos. I'm sorry again for the from people who I may have triggered with saying something Jewish. I love you all, and I will catch you next week, God willing, on the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. Thank you.